Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord, for his mercy endureth forever. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O oh you saints. Praise him, all you people. Clap your hands in the sanctuary. Give honor and majesty to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Praise him, all you people. Praise him, all you nations. Glorify the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Who is worthy to be praised. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him for his excellent greatness. Praise him for all of the things that he's done for you here this morning. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. This week has been a wonderful week for me. I love it when God at the last minute changes my message. I just, you know, where you have to step out on faith. I had been studying a message all week, was all excited about it, and was felt like it was the Lord's will. And right at the last moment, God began to pour something into me. And I thought it was an introduction because it goes hand in hand with what I was going to preach. But all of a sudden, he turned the tables on me. Had some long hours at the last minute trying to put it all together. But I know that when God does that, he has a specific purpose for a called people that's gathered here today. God does nothing by accident, and you're not here by accident. You're here by divine appointment to hear what God's about to say to us. And so I want you to have keen ears and have an open spirit that God might be able to minister to you today. Before I preach, I want to give a, a, a part of me, it's a sad Announcement, but on the other hand, it is a, a wonderful, glorious announcement. Our brother David McCarthy has went on to be with the Lord this morning. He had battled cancer, overcome the cancer, and was doing wonderful. Had a great season of blessing, where it literally had a miracle in his life. And everybody testified to people. It encouraged him. He was a man of faith. Me and him began to draw close to one another just through correspondence and hospital visits. He came down with pneumonia. He ended up getting on life support, and he passed away this morning. So we want you to be praying for his family, for his son Lucas. I don't know all of his family, but I want you to lift that family up this, this week, and we'll be letting you know more about uh, the arrangements as soon as we hear them. But we just need to pray for that family. Matter of fact, why don't we? They're, they're right now at the hospital in Barnes Hospital. Why don't we just bow our heads and pray? You can be remain seated. But let's just pray for that family right now. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, I pray for, for Brother McCarthy's family. I pray God for his son Lucas, especially who's been sitting by his bedside for weeks. Father, I pray right now, Lord, that you would pour out your Holy Spirit of comfort and peace upon that family. That, God, that you would undergird them and strengthen them and help them in this time of loss. But, Lord, help them not to, to question or to become bitter. Help them to remain in their faith solid like David had. Father, we're going to miss David, and we thank you for his life. We thank you, Lord, for the testimony that you've given him, for the witness that he was to a, a people, God, of how wonderful and how marvelous you worked through his life. But mainly of all, we're thankful, Lord, that his salvation, Lord, that now we know without a shadow of a doubt he's in the kingdom of heaven with you. Lord, we give you praise for what you're doing in that family's life in Jesus' name. And everybody says, amen. Isaiah chapter 14, starting with verse 12, I want to read a few scriptures. 
This is about the fall of Lucifer when he was being kicked out of heaven. We're not going to be talking about that that much, but there are some key words in here that I want you to see. Matter of fact, these glasses are awful foggy, so I will read. I won't read it off of that board. I'll read it from that board back there. But would you, would you uh, stand with me for the reading of the word, starting with verse 12. How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. How you are cut down to the ground, who, you who weaken the nations. For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the farther sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds and I will be like the most high. Yet, yet you shall be brought down to hell to the lowest depths of the pit. Those who see you will gaze at you and consider you saying, is this the man who made the earth tremble, who shook kingdoms, who made the world as a wilderness and destroyed its cities, who did not open the house of the prisoners? Uh, Brother Williams, will you ask the Lord's blessing upon the word, please? Amen. As I said, this scripture is actually about the fall of Lucifer being kicked out of heaven and leading one-third of the angels with him. But nevertheless, we see that, it, that there's a lot more in this scripture than just him falling from heaven and being kicked out. If there's one thing that the body of Christ is going to have to understand, and that is we are in one of the greatest wars of our time. It is a, a war not of nation against nation, even those those exist. There are many nations fighting against many nations. But it's a greater war than that of nations against nations. But it is a war that cannot be seen with the very natural eye. We are clearly in the midst of a great spiritual warfare within our nation. And not only that, especially fighting against the churches of America and our government. Matter of fact, we're here in this building today in religious freedom. But I want to tell you that is being fought like you cannot even imagine. The Antichrist forces of secularism are going through the, to the juggler vein and an unprecedented push to overthrow the Judeo-Christian foundations of America. We are being targeted. We are being fought. We are being pushed. And we're being afflicted by the enemy. And he's out to kill, to steal and destroy from every one of us that are Christians. We have a big target. If we are a believer, we have a big target upon our back where the devil is saying to his henchmen, there's the one that I want you to attack. More now than ever, the Christian is going to have to guard himself from the wiles of the devil. But I hear the Spirit of the Lord saying to me, just like he told Jeremiah, I want you to both build and battle at the very same time. If there's one thing this body's got to understand, that we cannot quit building and expanding the kingdom of God. We cannot allow the fight to push us back to where all we are doing is maintaining. We are entering in a time of great conflict. No, let me rephrase that. We are already entered into a time of great conflict. I remember that when Andre was here, he told us that we were fixing to go into the manifestations stage, that we were in the 
manifestation stage. And we got all excited as a church. He said, you're going to begin to see signs and wonders and miracles and things that you cannot even imagine in your church because you're entering into the threshold of that time of the miraculous, that time of the manifestation of the supernatural. But the supernatural is not only the manifestation of the things like miracles and signs and wonders, but it's also a manifestation of the spirit beings of hell coming against us. If we are entering into a time of spiritual manifestation where God pours out his spirit, there is a reason because the henchman is being poured out upon our nation and upon our churches trying to bring us down. I believe just like in Revelations chapter 12 verse 2 that the devil is coming down with great wrath because he knows that he only has but a short time to fight us. The devil is not ignorant of the prophecies of scripture. He knows the scripture better than most saints. He even tried to use scripture against Jesus within his temptation. The devil knows about what, what's about to come, which is a second coming of Jesus Christ. And I want to tell you, he is furious. He is out to do everything he can to keep, keep as many from going in the rapture of the church possible. He is out to kill, to steal, and destroy. He is out to make havoc upon the people of God, and he's going to use not just the, 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 the demonic realm. This is where it's very important. Yes, it'll be de demonic influence, but he's not only going to use demons, but he's going to use governments and laws and people, and his goal is to turn the culture and the atmosphere of America into an anti-Christ culture. Did you hear that? What he's trying to do is to rob this country from its liberty and its freedom to worship God. It is trying to take away the spiritual hedge that the foundational fathers placed when it gave us the right to come in here and to magnify the name of Jesus Christ. And just to kick the devil in the teeth this morning, how many would you stand with me right now and let's give the Lord the highest praise that we can possibly give him. Hallelujah! Praise be unto Jesus Christ. Lift up the name of Jesus. Speak the name of Jesus right now. Speak the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah to the Lord. Praise the name of Jesus Christ. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Magnify him. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Hallelujah, Lord. We praise you. You may be seated. We have witnessed and seen in our lifetime an upheaval and even an increasing rapid growing climax of wickedness and evil being manifested in proportions like you and I have never seen before. And the world has never even seen it like this before. Wickedness and evil has always been around, but in the latter half of the 20th century, it has produced and birthed new depths of wickedness that this earth has never experienced. It has happened through the birthing of movements such as the New Age, secular humanism, the occult and evolutionary science and the list goes on and on and on and on. And these movements in the 20th century has gained their foothold and has cloaked themselves in the message of harmlessness and human rights. They have organized themselves and are found in today's media oriented society. And through the media they have spread their propaganda and they have planted these vile seeds in the minds and the hearts of millions. And 
And now we see that their seeds of wickedness are being manifested in our nation and we as a nation are reaping dark harvest, a dark harvest of death and chaos like we have never seen before. Can you say amen? How many of you would have ever thought in your lifetime you would be seeing the things that you are seeing happening in our nation? We cannot even imagine what's taking place in the spirit world even as I speak. Out of these movements are birthed evil demonic things such as abortion, the killing of the innocent babies, the shedding of innocent blood, which is an abomination to God, homosexuality, euthanasia, where they're literally now trying to pass laws to where they can kill the older people because it would be uh, it would be better for them. I want to tell you, God knows when a person needs to leave, and He's the one who should make that kind of a judgment. Can I say Amen? And the problem of it is we are not paying attention to what has happened. We now have good called evil and evil called good. And we know what the scripture says about that. And if you stand against any of these things that have been birthed through the secular movement, you are called racist, you are called homophobic, and the list goes on and on and on of the different titles that they place upon us just to stand against their ideology. You're, a, you, you're, accused, you're accused of being unloving, judgmental, and labeled as a, as a hate person if you dare even, even stand up for what you believe. Their seeds of evil have been spread through a liberal media that has brainwashed an entire society and generation. Moral censorship has flew out the window, my friend. Those, that want th those one things that we dare not even be spoken out in public has now become the norm. Our children are hearing things that I never heard until I become a man, and they're hearing it at three to five years old. Can I have an amen? They have mainly appealed to the youth of the world, mainly for the purpose to ensure their longevity and they have patiently waited for a generation to die off that they, so they can slowly advance their more, more of their deception and information for the purpose of indoctrinating minds to promote their causes and to promote their agenda. The enemy over the years has let older warriors die off and slowly and by little by little they've injected their propaganda in the lines of people so that they can push their agenda for the future generation generation. And we are losing our children to the drug world that opens their minds up to the spirit world. Every time they take a drug, it begins to alter their mind and without them ever even understanding or knowing, they unleash more on themselves than what they can ever even imagine. Paranoia after a long time of taking drugs begins to set in and they begin to have strong delusions and their minds begin to be open to the spirit world. Paranoia eventually will turn into what they call schizophrenia where the person loses touch with reality. They begin to be tormented by demons due to the mental condition that begins to be formed in their minds and they end up with what they call chronic personality disorders. They call it a disease but it didn't start out as a disease. It started out as a, a behavior pattern. Can I have an amen? And while everyone around them thinks that they're nuts, that they're crazy, yet in reality is they see more than what you think they see that you and I do not see. Can I have an Amen. They come into contact with an organized system that is orchestrated by Satan himself. He has got a system, my friend, that is out there that is very well organized in order to try to bring us down. They begin to come into contact with principalities and powers and rulers of darkness and spiritual wickedness in high places. And though they exaggerate things to us in the natural, yet they are deceived by the unseen powers that rule over them. They're enslaved. Tormented 
and minds that can no longer understand reality because they've lost sight of the norm and they see into the spirit world. They begin to hear voices that causes them to be tormented by confused thinking and being numbed to pain by the drugs that they use. They can no longer operate in the natural and they end up becoming an outcast because they cannot deal with the normal stress and the pain and the action, afflictions that the normal person experiences every day in their bodies. As a matter of fact, the sad thing of it is we have a government in certain states now that says it's okay to use marijuana personally for entertainment and for, the, and for, per, for personal entertainment and for the use of just having recreation with it. Can I tell you, there are even Christians that's put on their Facebook how that they're good for marijuana, that they don't see anything wrong with it. But you don't realize that when you take marijuana or smoke it, into your, the smoke ends up into your lungs and the drug then quickly is released into the bloodstream and it goes, rushes to the brain and other organs of the body. And it causes, it says, people to mellow out. And they say that it's good for highly extreme hyper people and it calms them down. Not understanding that the long use of marijuana causes their minds to be altered and they become disabled over time because they cannot deal with the normal hardships of life. They cannot handle pressure so they have to have a joint to mellow them out. And they'll go from one joint a day to two joint a day to five joints today to 20 joints today, a 30 joints a day and before long they need more of a fix than what marijuana offers so it, it does not no longer ease the pain that they feel so they turn to a other drugs such as heroin, mental uh, meth and cocaine and acid and angel dust and the list goes on and on and on. I want to tell you that a lot of these dealer, these people that do drugs, they didn't start out with something heavy. They started out with something light. And can I tell you, it is a trick. It is a lie of Satan. Can anybody say, be with me on this? <clears throat> The description I just gave to you isn't talking about a select few in America, but it's talking about millions of people. Millions upon millions. I have a, a friend, many friends in the business world, and every single one of them said we quit doing drug testing because if we did, we can't get anybody to work anymore. We can't have it because everybody seems to be on drugs. They say they got to hire 10 people to get one because nine of them ain't going to stick on the job, and it's all because... There is a drug that has altered their minds. It has numbed their feeling, and they no longer know how to exist in a normal society. Drugs has, a, has enslaved them, and they don't even realize it. What has caused all of this? What is to come of it? I will tell you what is to come of it and where it's going. You will not want to hear what I'm about to say, and many's going to disagree with me because this hits home to a lot of people because some of you sitting out here in your pews have loved ones that is, uh, is, is uh, drug abusers, and they're having a difficult time. We're not here to beat them up, but we're here to tell them the truth. And let me tell you something, folks. Uh, I, I know that this is tied to a lot of you, but here's the truth of it. The generation that takes those drugs and gets their minds altered, they eventually become deceived and they become enemies of the cross and the, uh, of, the, of the cross of Jesus Christ and the church. But they are disguised as being religious. And the things that they are doing is planted as good, as painted as good and pushed under the covering of human rights. This is our right. We have a do, this is what we want to do. It's good for us. We now have people leaving doctrinal, God-fearing churches to go places that entertain 
humanistic philosophies and new age beliefs. I don't understand it. There is an abandonment of the faith in America like you have never seen before. The darkest deceptive shroud coverings today is over the eyes and the hearts of our young people and we need to be praying for them. They're targeted by the enemy. They have been indoctrinated with the propaganda that has been spread through many of our school systems by the rewriting of our textbooks instead of schools teaching our children education in many places, not all, they have indoctrinated them instead of teaching to them. They have not targeted the rural areas as much as they have the city areas because they target the most populated areas. And they know that if they can indoctrinate the children of the the city, that it'll trickle down into the rural areas. I want to thank all of you teachers and educators, every single one of you that's here today that has not bowed to the system of this. And we got some educators that are marvelous people that pour into our children, that love our children, that still pray for our children. And we got to give every teacher, every educator in this place a hand for not cowing down to the secular humanism of this place. Can I have an amen? Thank you. Oh, help me, Lord, to preach. This, there is a brilliant scheme of Satan that has been led by people, especially politicians that have been bought out with money. They have pushed their agenda that has gave them the, the agenda to the person that's gave them the most money. They are hirelings instead of public servants for the people. They go into political office with less than $100,000 in their bank account, and within a few short years, they become millionaires. You tell me what's going on. I'll tell you what's going on. They're being bought out to the cause of the enemy. One senator whose salary is $180,000, and you'll spend that easily in Washington trying to live around there. After serving in a few political decades, she's now worth $125 million. Don't tell me that things are not bad. There is spiritual wickedness in high places. Can I have an amen? The devil is using money to buy people to push his agenda and to force his platform upon America. Those that are bought out They legislate laws that try to hinder and handicap the people of faith and come against us like never before. Not understanding what is behind the agenda that they push because they have lost their ability to be able to define and acknowledge truth. The wickedness and evil that is rampant in our society today is caused to people losing their godly discernment. We have people that no longer seek God for anything, but they paint, the devil is clever in his scheming. He's clever in the way that he presents things, and they buy into those things that are spiritually, and spiritually seduced by the enemy, and they are lost their discernment to know right and wrong. They have lost their ability to be able to define the, and acknowledge truth in itself. Our world, folks, has gone crazy. Our world is in trouble. We're in chaos in America. Amen. We have to realize that demons are behind every form of spiritual deception. Paul said in 1 Timothy 4 and 1, now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in a latter time some will depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. I'm so tired of saying that it's got to be good because that man's a good man, even good men. If they're not blood bought, blood covered, seeking the face of God can be seduced, even preachers, pastors, apostles. If we're not staying sensitive to God, we can be deceived and push an agenda of the enemy that we don't even understand. Can I have an amen? The greatest single danger that threatens Christians in these latter times is spiritual deception. And the biggest deception of all is people fail to see that behind each form of deception is a corresponding demon. 
demonic presence. When you are deceived, you've opened yourself up to demonic presence. Paul said the people in the last days, they will ever be learning, but they're never able to come to the knowledge of truth. Even in the first century, Jude found it necessary to exhort the Christians of his day in verse three by saying, to earnestly contend, fight for the faith. The need for such earnest contention has increased mildly since the time of Jude, since the first century. We are living in the last days and perilous times, and Paul said in the book of 2 Timothy 3.13, but evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, being deceived and deceiving others. There is a rise of evil in our land today. There is a rise of demonic activity. We are witnessing more manifestations of demonic presence than ever before. In these last days, spiritual warfare is increasing. How many feels that? I tell you, when, when I traveled a lot around the different nations, as when I was younger, we went into Mexico and built churches, and the atmosphere when you would leave the United States and you would go into there, you would feel the oppression. You would feel the spirits that are dominant and are prominent in that country. When you went to El Salvador, you felt it. But I have never felt like it, anything like I felt in China when I went to Tenant Square and there was, the, the, there was uh, the, uh, all kinds of guards there. And I want to tell you the oppression. You could not believe what the spirit, what you felt in that, in that land. And then I come to America when we would cross over, the atmosphere would lighten up. The burden, the heaviness would go away. But I'm afraid now, after a few years is passing, that same prominent feel that you felt in those churches, in those lands where there was no liberty, where there's no freedom of expression, now we're beginning to feel that same heaviness right here in America, the good old U.S. of A. God help America. Can I say amen to that? We are at the climax. We're at the final stages of succession. Who's going to win? Who's going to succeed and surrender? Are we going to back down as Christians? Are we going to soften our convictions? Are we going to dilute our beliefs? Are we going to compromise our standards in order to meet political correctness of this day? I say no. Can I have an amen? Or are we going to grab our sword with one hand, the word of God, and take a trial in the other hand and begin to build for the kingdom of God? The problem with the 21st century church is this in America. We are distracted by our warfare and our afflictions and we are not focused upon building the kingdom. And the enemy is just putting flies in front of us like flies in the apothecary. Distractions, warfare like never before, affliction here, a, a, a tragedy here, a, a burden here, depression there, anxiety over here. I've never seen so much war in our church. And in in 30 years of ministry, ever since I preached on miracles, I have never seen the amount of spiritual warfare that's coming against our church than it is right now. Open your eyes, folks, everywhere you look, there's problems. People are battling to keep their heads above waters. People with businesses, their finances has went down. People that owns farm machinery and trucks and things that every time they turn around, it's tearing up and they don't understand why. Everywhere you go, prosperity seems to be getting, be being cut out of the church. But I'm here to tell you, hang on, hang on, hang on. The battle's just begun, but the battle's not over. The Redeemer's fixing to take hold of the church like you have never seen before. If we'll stay faithful, God will stay faithful to us. We are facing the most intense moments in world history. 
The demonic presence is intensifying. Demonic seduction and deception is rising to an all-time high. The devil is trying to form a worldwide governmental system to have influence over world governments and nations. And the prince of this world, the devil is trying to take control by deceiving world leaders and politicians and governmental leaders to make his agenda law. We're already beginning to see it's happening in America. Laws such as now you have same-sex marriages that can be married. That's a law in our land, but it's contrary to the word of God. We have abortion. It's a law. Are you listening? Where the killing of innocent babies, the shedding of innocent, but, but it's a law. You have now marijuana in many states. Drugs are now beginning to get to be legalized. Are you listening? We're in a terrible place, folks. Are you listening? We are in a war in America. Paul referred in Ephesians 2 to that the devil was the prince and the power of the air. The word prince here literally means, you know what that word means? In the actual Greek, it means governmental leader or governmental ruler or governmental dictator. He's trying to take over. He's trying to put ungodly men and women in the White House and in Congress and in Senate so that that place can rule you and us by laws. And it's his laws that he's pushed and now it becomes his agenda being manifested to the earth. God help us. Satan is out to control and to make havoc upon the earth through governments. He's even trying to do it through the governments of the church to place ungodly leaders in the church. Ungodly preachers who get behind pulpits and preach the philosophies of, the philosophies of men instead of the word of God. Hello? To get up and preach fables, to have good swelling words and be edifying to the body of Christ and let them do whatever they want to do and never hit on anything that would convict them. I'm here to tell you we are in trouble in America. This is why that John said in 1 John 5 and 19, the whole world lieth in wickedness. The world system ruled by Satan is the dwelling place of men of the earth who have alienated themselves from God. They preach the devil's doctrine, push his causes, spread his propaganda, and they don't even realize what they're doing. And by doing this, they think that they're doing morally good and protecting so-called human rights. They control people by using worldly political correctness and appeal to the emotions of people. They create false narratives of truth that seem to be so compassionate and so loving. Come on. But they're nothing more than smoke screens for the enemy to push their causes. Socialism is a cover-up, promising equality for everyone, offering free insurance, free phones, free schooling, free medical for everybody. But I want to tell you, it sounds good, doesn't it? How many would like to have all of that free? And yet we'll vote for people that say that kind of stuff because it benefits us. But the problem of it is what happens is you don't want to reap the return of what's about to happen when you do. Amen? There's a payday for all of that stuff. It all sounds good, but it's nothing more than a smokescreen for people to be put under the thumb and controlled by a government. They're out to make people put their trust in a government to take care of them and be ruled by a government system that dictates what you're going to do, where you're going to live, and everything else. Unknowingly, they're giving themselves over to a dictator, and they're being enslaved. They take your freedom away, and then they tell you what's best for your life. They'll tell you what's best for you. The middle class will be comp completely gone, and all you will have is the rich, which will be in governmental positions, and they, then you'll have the poor, which is all of us that is not involved in that, and we will be exploited for their causes. And let me ask you, when did the government run anything good? Amen? 
There's nowhere on planet earth where socialism works. Go to the nations and look where socialism's at. The people are starving, they're poor, they're controlled and they are lost. They've even lost their personal identity. They are ruled by the stiff arm of government with no freedom of expression of all, no self-identity. One nation is quickly, our nation is quickly giving ourselves over to satanic influence and we don't even see it and we don't even recognize it. Help us, God. People speaking demonic things. You say, I don't hear anybody speaking demonic things. Just listen to the politicians and see what they promise you. It's by a demon. Hello? You're saying that they're bad people, there can be some good moral people, but without Christ, I want to tell you, you are nothing. And you're an open prey to the enemy's seduction. And you begin to believe lies, and you'll push lies. There are even Christians sitting in churches that is voting in certain ways where they're pushing the agenda of socialism, where they're pushing the agenda of abortion, where they're pushing the agenda of gay rights, where they're pushing the agenda of euthanasia. I can't even preach this morning. But I'm here to tell you that we are in trouble in America because we are being rocked to sleep by seducing spirits. God help me. Isaiah the prophet prophesies this in our text and starting with verse 12. How thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How thou cut down to the ground which did weaken the nations? They that see this, thee shall narrowly look upon thee and consider thee, saying, is this the man that made the earth to tremble, that did shake kingdoms, that made the world as a wilderness and destroyed the cities thereof, that opened not the house of the prisoners? Did you hear what he's out to do? Verse 17 says he's gonna weaken the nations. That's a prophecy of God. The devil is out to weaken our nation. Verse 17 says he'd make the world like a wilderness and destroy its cities. That's what the devil's trying to do, to make the world like a wilderness, famine everywhere, and destroy our cities. Verse 16 says he makes kings tremble and shakes kingdoms. This is how powerful he is. Here we are thinking that we just got a little devil with a tail and a pitchfork, but he's a mighty prince, folks, a ruler of government. And he's out to set a government in order to enslave people in that nation. Go to the places, folks, where communism is at. Go to the place where socialism is at and where there's not a free society. And you'll see nothing more that people enslave to a government, which is nothing more than the working of Satan. Notice the most important thing that it said. He would not open the house of the prisoners. Those that are in those places are in prison. All of the promises that he makes through his great swelling, flattering, deceiving words through politicians will do nothing but enslave you and put you into a prison. Nothing the devil offers will free you, my friend, no matter how enticing or how good it is or what seems to appear to benefit you at the moment. The fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil looked good to Eve, didn't it? It was very enticing. But ask Eve what happened when she ate of it. And why did she eat of it? She was seduced by the serpent. He comes along and says, God said, thou shalt not touch it. He didn't say you couldn't eat of it. He said, don't touch it. Well, how are you going to eat of it if you don't touch it? And number one, God did not say thou shalt not touch it. He said, you should not eat of the fruit of the tree that's in the midst of the garden. He lied. He put out a false narrative. He twisted the truth. He's clever. He says, if you eat of this, 
God knows you'll become like him. That's what he wants to do. That's why he was cast out of heaven because he tried to set himself up as God. And now he's looking at the people underneath him and trying to push his own agenda by saying, God knows that if you eat of that tree, you'll become like him and you'll begin to discern between good and evil. I want to tell you, Eve was already in his likeness. He was, she was already like him, can I have an amen, which was another false narrative. The only thing it opened her up to was the flesh world that brought condemnation and guilt and death. Amen? It is ludicrous to think that Satan and his demonic henchmen has ceased to try to dominate and bring destruction to our land. Folks, we're in a real fight, a battle intensifying and it's getting worse and worse by the moment. I usually start in December preaching my Christmas messages, but the Lord wouldn't let me. There are three things that the Lord put on my heart, and I'm going to close here in just a moment. Number one, we have to fight. We have to battle. We have to go to war. It was Paul that told young Timothy in 1 Timothy 6 and 12, fight the good fight of faith and lay hold of eternal life. Paul said that we are called to conflict, that we're called to fight, that we are literally are to contend for the faith. How many of you ready to fight? Amen. Amen. You and I are called to abide in the word of faith regardless of what we feel or what we think or what we understand. We have to stand and firmly be anchored in the word of God and the power of the Holy Spirit. And God is calling us as a church to action. While Paul was in prison suffering for righteous sake and he knew that his death was intimate, he begins to tell young Timothy, he says, endure hardness as a good soldier. In other words, you're going to face some things, Timothy. You're going to go through some things, but endure hardness as a good soldier. The second thing that we have to realize is our war is not against flesh and blood. We have to learn to fight the good fight of faith. We have to understand how to fight. It was the psalmist that said in Psalms 144 verse 1, Blessed be the Lord my strength, which teacheth my hands to war and my fingers to fight. How many are ready to fight and go to war for the kingdom of God? How many is ready for his will to be done on earth instead of the devil's will? Amen? Our battle is a spiritual battle, and the weapons of our, our, our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. If God be for us, who can be against us? Ephesians 4 and 12 says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, and rulers of darkness, and spiritual wickedness in high places. The key word there is the word wrestle. Jimmy, I sh oh, no, no, you stay there for a minute. Storm, where are you? Are you there? Come here, Storm. I want to use you today. Isn't he a good-looking boy? Give Storm a great big hand. Here's a mighty man of God. He's a warrior, right? Huh? Yeah. Yeah. He's excited about the fight and the good fight of faith. He's young. He's been born again. He's been saved. He's ready to go to battle. And we can get all excited in a church service where we're worshiping and we're magnifying God and the Lord touches and we're ready to whip every devil that comes along. We're ready to swing through hell with a rubber band with a wadded up wet newspaper and beat him on the head. Amen. We're just all excited. We're ready to run and fight and just like Peter draws a sword, cuts a man's ear off while the Lord was standing right by his side and all excited. I'm ready to go to battle with you. That's how we are sometimes. All right, we're going to wrestle against a principality, okay? We're going to fight him today. Jimmy Isom, come here. You mighty man of God. You like, you're a mighty man of God, right? Yes. Not today you're not. You're a demonic presence. And you're standing right here. Now here's God's man. God, God's person. He's going to fight a demon. Now look at this. Is that fair? 
You think you can whip him, Storm? Probably not. You want to try? Huh? You afraid of that guy? All right, let's be honest. Those of us that are in this house, we face demonics, and that's just exactly how we feel right there when it begins to oppress us. We don't want to fight. Fear hits us. Come on, we become intimidated. We lose self-confidence. We're outnumbered. I wouldn't want to fight Jimmy either. Big ball-headed ape, he's mean. <laughs> We're living in a time that we all will face this. When I was younger, I had a friend, stay there, guys, you won't be here a while. I had a friend that was a wrestler, a good wrestler, went to state many times, won first place many times. His name was David Gerald, which happens to be John Gerald's brother. Me and him were friends and we hung around together and run around together. And every once in a while I'd get him aggravated. I, I, I was a pretty good fighter, scrapper. I, 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 it's just the way I was before I was a Christian. We'd get out there and we'd get to play and I'd slap him and run back and slap him and run back. He's a big guy. And he'd get so mad and he'd get frustrated and he'd, and he'd try to grab me and I'd get away from him. I'd slap him upside the head. I'd say, see there, big boy, it ain't about skill. It's about, it's about being a scrapper. And I'd just antagonize him. And the more I'd done it, the red-faced he'd get, and he'd I'd slap him and slap him and slap And when he finally got his hand on me, it was over. <laughs> Within about 10 minutes, and I'm, I felt like I was a good wrestler myself, and I thought I was strong. Within 10 minutes or 10 seconds, he had me wadded up, said, oh, uncle, uncle, uncle. He'd say, say, please. <laughs> you know what it's like for a boy and a teen and people watching, and you're down there, please. And he'd say, I didn't hear you. Please, I still don't hear you. David, I want to, oh, please, 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 please. And that's how we feel. We feel like that we are overrun by the enemy's presence. I, as a pastor, have faced many demonic attacks on my life. I have seen with my natural eyes demons coming against me. God has given me dreams and visions of demons. I've seen a demon come in my house and try to do all kinds of things to my family. And in the middle of the night, I was up rebuking and I had spiritual warfare like you have never seen before. And we battled that thing for a while. It didn't go away the first time I said, boo. Come on, somebody help me preach. This is where we are at in America. We are facing obstacles that are so overwhelming. And we say, how can we do anything about it? How are we ever going to change the White House, the Senate, the Congress, not to cow down to the propaganda of the enemy where the devil takes over? And before long, when the devil gets in that White House and he gets control of the Senate and he gets control uh, uh, of the House, this nation will turn and you're talking about cities being destroyed and our land becoming like a wilderness. It'll happen right before our eyes. Oh, but we, we got a mean dictator here. Wrestling. Have you ever wrestled? It's struggle, man. It's hard. This morning, I'm struggling in preaching. It's a warfare. It, always, it ain't always the goosebumps and the easiness and the liberty. There's war in this place. Amen? When John leads that worship team, sometimes there's such liberty. It's like oil falling in the sky upon you. And other times, it's nothing but pain and anguish just to try to sing a song. Sometimes when you go to prayer, is prayer easy for you every time you go down to pray? 
You'll waller and you'll struggle and them principalities are over you trying to fight you and block your prayers and try to distract you and somehow try to keep your mind off of it. And sometimes it'll take me 30 to 40 minutes just to break through into intercessory prayer. It's work, it's hardship. Can I have an amen? And the devil wants me to get up before I break through. He don't want me praying through. That's wrestling. It's hard work and we wrestle, all of us. With principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, spiritual wickedness in high places. And we don't even a lot of times recognize it or even see what it is that's coming against us. We just think, oh, I just don't want to do it. What do you think, what do you think made you have that kind of a feeling and what oppressed you to come up with that idea? It was a demonic spirit when you had a good intent to do something for God. The enemy blocked it through your feelings and emotions by oppressing and wrestling with you. That's what Big Jimmy's doing to this boy. He's fearful. He ain't gonna try to wrestle him. I knew that would probably happen. I didn't think Storm would try, go over there and try to punch him because if he did, we'd have trouble on the stage. <laughs> Amen? This is where America's at. We're at bay. We're afraid. We're afflicted. We're warring, but we're too small. We can't handle this big guy. How many of you have ever felt overwhelmed by something oppressing you? Whether it be anxiety overtaking you. Whether it be, and a lot of us, well, you know what the enemy will come along and say? You need a drink. You need a joint. Hello? And we'll go to vices that he has perpetrated in order to try to ease the pain that we occur. And then when we get on that stuff, he takes full control of our minds. God help us. With all the things that's happening in warfare with wrestling, where we're coming in personal contact with the demonic spirit, it leads me to the last and th final thing that I want to talk about. Now, we have to stick together and we have to be organized because the enemy sure is organized. It's sad when the demonic world is more organized than the church world. Isn't that weird? The church ought to be a place of unity, but it's not. We have to know the call and the mission of our church. We have to stay focused. We have to work for the common cause to exalt, to equip, and, and to expand the kingdom of God for the Lord Jesus Christ. We have to be busy about our Father's business, and we have to literally ignore our distractions. One can put 1,000 to fight. Two can put 10,000 to flight. Amen? I want a lot of you men. John, I'll start with you and Mickey. Won't you come on up? I want a lot of men to just come up here on stage, and I'll tell you what to do. Come on, men. Come on, Bob, Bill. Everybody, come on, all you men, a lot of you men. You ready to go to warfare? Come on, men. I need some more. I need you right over here, guys, for right now. Some of you right over here. I need some more. I'm getting me some warriors here. You ready to go to battle? Come on, Brother Crutchfield. He's old, but he's got power. Power in prayer, power in agreement, power in the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Come on, Mike, quit being lazy. I need more men. Come on, Jeff. Come on, Randy BB. Okay, now we got a dilemma. This boy's standing by himself. Amen. You better get up here, boys. I was fixing to tan your hides. <laughs> because you know what I was going to say? Evidently, y'all weren't men. You didn't move. This man is coming against this guy. He's by himself. He says, I don't want to fight him. I don't even want to try to fight him. Are you fearful? Yes, I'm afraid. And so are you and I a lot of times, and we don't even know what we're afraid of. 
but we're afraid to push. We're afraid to get into the spirit world. We know by ourselves we can't whip these kinds of demons. I want to show you what happens. These men are coming alongside. I want all this half right here to come over here and just pile in here and huddle right in front of the hip boy. I want this half to come in and I want you to get right in front of them. Close up where they, the congregation can't see. I don't want them to see what's going on because there's going to be bloodshed. <laughs> Jimmy Isom, you're coming down. Jimmy Isom, these guys are warring. Well, now they're coming alongside to help the, our young man. He war in a good warfare. You understand what I'm saying? These guys are in prayer. They're intensifying wrestling. Now, I know they're just standing up here today, but they're representing the coming alongside with this young man. And they're fighting a good warfare, and they're praying, and they're in prayer and agreement. How many knows that whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven? How many knows that you can't spoil the strong man's house until you bring the strong man down? How many knows you're never gonna go to the next level until you conquer your demon that's at the level you're at? How many understands in order to push through? We gotta stand together. Can I have an amen? We need each other. Now when the warfare is over, when the dust is settled, all of a sudden we go to another level. Guys, y'all go sit down, all you men. Come here, Storm. When you walk off, I want you to lift your hands and praise the Lord for the victory. Amen. Look, go on. What happened to that loudmouth demon? What happened to that big boy that accused and ridiculed and mocked and slandered, who oppressed? who sat over you night and day haunting you and mocking you and laughing and doing all kinds of things to your life. I want to tell you what happened. When you got the pair of agreement together, something happened in the heavenlies and God began to move on the faces of unity. There's power in unity. There's power in numbers. If one can put a thousand to flight and two can put 10,000 to flight, guess what all of us together can do for a city and for a nation? I declare America's not coming down. I tell you, our city shall not be destroyed because we're going to unite together and the strongholds of Pumper Bluff and the strongholds of Butler County, they're coming down in the next name of Jesus Christ. Huh? The psalmist said that when the evil come in against, the, against the, the righteous, when the wicked rises itself up to come against the people and the saints of God, the psalmist said, and God shall laugh from heavens. Ha, 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 ha. And I want to tell you what God spoke to me, just like Elijah when all of a sudden the prophets of Baal were down there and they were cutting themselves trying to get their God to move. You know what Elijah done? Instead of the demons mocking him, he mocked them. And he laughed at them. Where is your God? Is he asleep? Has he gone on vacation? And they got mad at him and feared. And the more they did, the more they cut themselves trying to get uh, the God to move. And you know that God did not move. And then when God did move, I want to tell you, oh, Elijah walked out with his head up. And he walked out with confidence. And he walked out winning the warfare. And let me tell you, that old demon that was over Stormy, what there, Storm right there, his mouth is shut. His hands is tied. He's locked up. He's in prison. He's encased by the Holy Spirit. His has been broken. The chains of enslavement are off a storm. There's no more fear. There's no more anxiety. There's no more worry. There's no more sleepless night. The wrestling is over. The demon is locked up. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now I need somebody to come up here and free this demon so he can sit down. 
We need each other. We have to encourage one another, pray one for another, bear one of those burdens. We have to carry our brother's burdens. When one fails, we have to lift them up, restore them back to health. Love covers the multitude of sin. If someone fails by us, we're not going to throw them out and criticize them. We're going to love them. The whole thing is we're family. And we have to stick together. We're not to be Hatfields and the McCoys. We have to be united to go, unified to go after other people. Without a harvest, church, there will be no hope. We have to reach this generation for Christ. We are one generation away from the devil having free reign in America. This generation must be saved. You know why? Because statistics say over, over 70% of all youth in America today is turning toward the idea of socialism and liberalism. They're not wanting to work, they're wanting handouts, they're wanting everything free and they're getting promised things free and they do not know what's tied to the gift that they're about to partake of. They do not know what the future will hold when they do that. They lose their identity because they become enslaved because they have to put their trust in a government that feeds them and dictates to them. This generation must be saved. And the only way that that's going to happen is if the palace of praise rises up for God so that we can go out here and win this harvest for Jesus Christ. If we don't, 10 years from now, when this generation who's been schooled, indoctrinated, and that's turning towards those kinds of ideas that is embracing the devil's agenda, they're going to become devout. And they're going to vote away our religious liberties right here that we have today. Bud Middleton said something that I'll never forget. We were in the foyer some time ago. A man of wisdom. I pick on him a lot, but I love him. That's why I pick on him. I think he's a godly man. I think he's a man that has a lot of insight into the kingdom of God. Anointed man. He was standing out there and he said, Pastor, I want to tell you something. If something don't change in the next 10 to 20 years, we're not going to like what we're living in and we're not going to like what's happening to us and we're going to have a lot of problems that was gonna, that's going to be surfaced and everything that we hold dear is going to be gone. That may not be his exact words, but that's the front of what he said. And I thought, oh, bud, you're so right. Are you ready to go to battle? Right now, there's so much affliction over this body. Afflictions that I as a pastor can't even run to because of my back. Can't ride in a car very far, it begins to just kill me. Last week, I'd done nothing but lay on a couch, sitting there, grunting, trying to, to move, and here's the body being afflicted. And the shepherd can't even come running to the hospitals to see them, to pray for them, to love on them, to agree with them. I look at Greg Calhoun that's got cancer. I look at Roxanne Carson who's got cancer in the brain. I look at Stead, uh, uh, Brother Ed, uh, uh, Eddie Sandridge who's got prostate cancer. I look at all the people that has pneumonia in the church, Lee Eglin, who's struggling with pneumonia, Ed Seals struggling with pneumonia, uh, uh, Jack Pruitt struggling with pneumonia, Glenda Miller struggling with pneumonia. I can go on and on and on and on. I'm not wanting to miss it, but it's just on and on. Then I hear things like so-and-so's in Cape Hospital, so-and-so's in Jonesboro Hospital, so-and-so's up here in this hospital. We got them in the VA hospital. We got them in St. Louis Hospital. The week of deer season when I usually take a vacation, so much havoc was going on. I literally lived in hospitals. 
people afflicted and people hurt. The pain, you know what he's trying to do? He's trying to destroy us from being able to go to battle and win a warfare that will free this country, open up the gates of heaven to where heaven can come down with the favor of God and to where people can be saved and people can be born again. I think of people like Butch Ward who's battling for his health. I've been praying for that man. God touched Butch. He's turning to the better I hear. But there's war everywhere. Everywhere. We're just afflicted and everything's going on. And if we don't recognize what it is and do something about it, it's going to continue. Would you stand with me, please?